0: Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. This is your host, Keon Sobani. It is Wednesday, September 7th. I wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who came out last night to our Zoom podcast in the post-game show for the Celtic game. You and McTeer and I, we broke down the win over Celtic at Celtic Park in great detail. Plenty of analysis there, over one and a half hours of content and breakdown. And if you missed it and you want to catch it and you're interested in our thoughts on the performances of Hazard, Benzema, before he got injured... Plus his injury itself, the performances of Tony Cruz, and plenty more. Ton of analysis in that one. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash managing madrid. Between this feed and the patron feed, you'll never miss a podcast we do. And we do basically every Champions League postgame show exclusively on Zoom for patrons now. And if you want access to it after the fact, you gotta be a patron. So that out of the way, I want to introduce today's podcast. It's a two-parter. Part one is with Arancha Rodriguez. She doesn't really need an introduction, but just in case on the off chance you don't know her, she is one of the most connected and well-connected uh Real Madrid journalists there are out there. She works for uh, Deportes Cope. She does commentary for Real Feminino, Femenino, and she does a ton of great work. Also a tremendous human being. So she joined us on part one, and... It kind of ends in a funny manner because she's so busy that we had a tight window to record, and she has to go on air basically at the end of part one. And there's not really much we can do, but and she just she's she's gone. And it's a funny ending, a little bit awkward, but a little bit funny as well. So I left it in there for you guys to enjoy, and I did not edit it. So that's how part one ends. I wanted to give you context, and then part two is Lucas Navarrete and I. We go through some stuff, and we provide Benzema updates chronologically. These two sections were. Recorded about three hours apart, three and a half hours apart. And so the most up-to-date Benzema update is over on part two with Lucas. Anyways, that's enough blabbering from me. Enjoy today's podcast. And as always, we'll get started with the voices of Derek Ray and Ray Hudson. Let's go.
1: Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Wonderful lads to do a great job there. And... Worth reading about that there, the rest the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1, some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Peri Valverde was a
2: huge part of the equation.
0: All right, welcome to part one of the Managing Madrid podcast. We have a very special guest today, uh, and we're recording this just after 3 p.m. Madrid time, and we are going to bring in on her Managing Madrid podcast debut, Arancha Rodriguez. Arancha, how are you? Welcome to the show. Uh,
2: thank you for inviting me to the show. Uh, hello, Kaya. I It's a pleasure to be here. And I ask the people to be patient with my English because it's not as good a, as I would like.
0: So far, so good. <laughs> and I, I, I've had, I had a very great conversation with you in English in Las Vegas when we met. And so I have no doubt in your ability to speak English. But yeah, thank you for taking the time. <laughs> I know it's crazy busy for you. You're going to go on air in about 30 minutes and you're you're, you're constantly checking your yeah. phone, getting updates, checking your sources. So thank you for, uh, for providing a little bit of time on this silly podcast. I appreciate that. Um, the first <laughs> thing on the agenda, Arantxa, this has been a huge talking point. As soon as Karim Benzema left the field last night injured, everyone's yeah. heart stopped. Everyone starts to panic <laughs> a little bit. Benzema comes off the field. Um, can you speak about what update you have on his injury right now?
2: Uh, and the first I have to say is yesterday uh, he left uh, the the beach uh, for uh, for vacation. Uh, Caution, uh, you know, uh, when he felt something wrong, he decided to go out because uh, if he uh, stay in in the beach, maybe it's going to be worse later. Then uh, he took the decision to to leave the beach because something was wrong. Um, At the beginning, all of us, we thought that it was something with the knee, but uh, after the first exploration with the doctor, Real Madrid doctor, it seems that it's something in the muscles. Then um, we have to um, wait because at this moment it's supposed that Ebenzema is passing the medical exams and maybe uh, this afternoon or maybe tomorrow, uh, we are going to have news about Benzema because the problem is yesterday the team arrived to Madrid at 5 a.m and maybe Benzema is arriving at his home at 5 30 then uh, the doctor said as soon as you wake up or and if you feel uh, comfortable to come to Valdebebas because the team is not training today and you come to Valdebebas and we'll make the we'll do the medical exams but if you don't feel uh, in the mood to come to Valdebebas, we can uh, do the exams uh, tomorrow. Then we have to wait until uh, we are going to uh, know something about Benzema and Judith. but it seems that it's not a uh, very, very, very alone uh, not issue. Not serious. It's not as worse as we thought. Yes, it's not as serious as well, maybe all of us thought uh, when we see him, we saw him uh, leaving the pitch.
0: The so that, that in itself is great news, obviously. Um, were you surprised yeah. when... So when, when you saw Benzema coming off, if you didn't see Hazard warming up, if you had to guess, what who what did you think in that moment was going to happen? Did you think it was going to be Hazard, Asensio, Rodrigo? Were you surprised that it was Hazard?
2: No, I... I, I I really uh, felt yesterday surprised because uh, Twitter Madrid <laughs> was surprising because Hazard ben- uh, came into the pitch. I think uh, in this sense, Ancelotti has been very clear all the time. Hafar is going to be uh, a substitute of uh, Benzema. We like to prove this uh, and you you know that uh, because you were in the pre-season, they uh, were working in this matter. I remember all the training, all the um, trains I saw in Los Angeles, all of them Hazard was playing as nine, as a striker, as attacker. And then uh, uh, for me, it wasn't a surprise at all. Because if Ancelotti is sure that uh, the substitute of Benzema, the first option is going to be Hazard, Hazard has to play. Because if he doesn't play, uh, he hasn't never arrived at the top of the physical uh, field that we that we suppose. He's going to have, you know, I don't know if I explain myself. Sorry, because it took like uh, a lot of time without speaking English. And <laughs> uh, I have to, to think sometimes. And when we are talking about special uh, vocabulary, it's hard to me. And when I am busy and when I am stressing, it's, uh, it's quite difficult. It's too difficult for me. But yeah. I, I hope uh, everybody is going to understand me.
0: You said it perfectly. I think you're you're you'd be surprised at how perfectly you've said it. I, I think you're you're worried for no reason. It, it's much better than if I tried to speak Spanish, forget about it. Your English is way better than my Spanish ever be. I understood you perfectly. Um so <laughs> to your point, I had a question about that because you're as well connected to Real Madrid internally as anyone I know. Yeah. There were many reports in Spain saying that you know we're not sure if Ancelotti actually believes in Hazard. If, if he's going to actually become useful again, do you think when when Ancelotti keeps saying we we're not going to sign anyone, and they didn't sign up sign a a, a substitute backup for Benzema, was it because they believed in Hazard, or or was it something different? Uh,
2: I think because they believe in Hazard and they believe that they have enough. Uh, players in that position because it's not only hard. Um, Asensio Rodrigo can play in this position too. In this position too, and as uh, Ancelotti said the other day in the press conference, uh, Madrid uh, did once, and it's it, of course it's not a very nice thing to remember because it yeah. wasn't uh, uh, as as fine as uh, Ancelotti thought. No, then. And I think uh, he believed uh, the things he said. He says, um, and I think the philosophy of Real Madrid is, okay, um, it's obvious that um, they were trying to sign Mbappé after uh, Mbappé uh, failure. um, There wasn't another option that you are going to be sure that you are going to sign this player and this player is going to fit in Real Madrid and is going to do the things um, good because at, you remember when Real Madrid signed uh, a couple of years ago, four years ago, Jovic. Everyone thought that Jovic is going, it was, it was going to be, it was going to be a a, a very helpful uh, player in attack for Real Madrid. And after four years, uh, we haven't seen anything about Jovic and Jovic. Uh, the year that Real Madrid signed him, it was a superstar in the European competition. Then uh, they won, uh, as I've been said, as I've as been told, uh, they didn't want it, uh, didn't want it to, uh, didn't want to um, uh, sign a player because we need a substitute of Benzema. They, if they seen a player, they seen a player because they believe that they need. This player, and mm-hmm. they are convinced that this player is Real Madrid player. Uh, I don't know if you understand what I, I do. mean yeah, or what they mean, but they don't want to. They don't want to, sing, to sign a player because uh, Twitter Madrid is saying that uh, Thank they God. need
0: to Thank God. Uh,
2: sign a player yeah. <laughs> uh, in the sense that they have to uh, to be sure that the player who is coming to Real Madrid is a Real Madrid player. And in my opinion, and I think in Real Madrid uh, director opinion, there is uh, no another player as Haaland or even Lewandowski. Uh, this kind of player is quite difficult to sign it because there is not one uh, you can talk about. I listen to Bellingham, I listen to uh, Nkunku, but they are not a proper uh, number nine a striker. They are another thing no then i i guess and um, for the things i talk to uh, the people in church about this matter they don't want to sign just one player they want to sign an star if they need more time to sign an star uh, maybe next year they are going to sign one and there was until two days or three days or five days ago another big problem real madrid couldn't sign an extra-community uh, player because they have three. Minitius, Rodrigo, and Militao. Now they have one possibility more because maybe you are looking or you think that one player is useful for you and this player has not the Spanish passport or the European passport to, to play here. Then too many things, but the main one, it's uh, the... They, didn't uh, see any player that you must sign in this yeah. sense then no. they are they are waiting uh, to find uh, this kind of player that are sure that first of all is coming to be the substitute of Karim Benzema because no one no everybody wants to be uh, a substitute player then you have to assume this And the second one uh, is a top player and is going to uh, give the team the same things that Benzema are giving. And in my opinion, and this is in my opinion, Hazard is the uh, most similar player to Benzema that Real Madrid has in the the roster. In the sense, maybe not uh, looking to the goal. I mean, in the other scenes that Benzema yeah. Uh, makes. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion, but this is my personal opinion. Then I think uh, uh, for sure Ancelotti uh, at the beginning of the season or the season thought that uh, Hazard, uh, maybe uh, he's not going to have enough minutes in the in the position of Benzema or Benetius in his Proper position because Vinicius is going to be uh, always in the starting in the starting eleven, and Vinicius is going to play almost all the minutes of the season, and uh, he wanted to recover Hazard. Uh, He wanted to uh, approach the quality of this player because uh, this player was a top five player the year he came to real madrid then i think you need to um to or uh, real madrid needs to see the real version of jazar because uh, in this year we haven't seen it
0: these are all great points and i think to elaborate on that point what you're saying is also the club is not going to panic you know and i i, I think when you say madrid twitter To me, I think there's a lot of panic in that section of the fan base because Mm. they see what Barcelona is doing. And I think the club has been very good and smart not to let what Barcelona is doing distract them from their own philosophy and their own vision. And, you know, I've made this point before too, and I I think you would agree. Signing a substitute for Benzema is a lot like signing a, a substitute for, like, Lionel messi or cristiano ronaldo nobody wants to be the substitute to this player it doesn't exist you know so if you're signing someone just the
2: first thing is the the guy and the first thing you are very true it doesn't exist yeah you have to look for another thing
0: yeah yeah and if you're signing someone just for an emergency well that's very difficult to do because you no one is going to accept, okay, I'll, I'll come for emergency five times a season, five games a season, I'll, I'll play. It's very hard to do. Um, but I think when Benzema was injured last night, all of Madrid Twitter came and said, we told you, we told you, we told you. But, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. But they, it seems that they are waiting for this and they are, oh, Benzema, yeah. we are in this in this situation. What's going to happen now? Okay, Real Madrid has a. a I think a, a very good players in the bench. I have uh, Real Madrid has a very uh, complete roster. Uh, then I think uh, it, I, I, you are going to find a player for sure that can be uh, the the substitute of of Benzema. I am sure Hazard or maybe in the future. Uh, Mariano if it needs or Rodrigo or or Asensio or or whatever but you don't have to panic
0: (laughs) yeah and so far so good Real Madrid
2: is not going to uh, yes and Real Madrid is not going to win all the games from here to the end Real Madrid is going to lose with Benzema on the pitch or uh, with Benzema uh, in the bench or in his home or because uh, there is no team that is going to uh, play all the season at the same level and this year is especially strange because the world cup then you have to uh, think in all this thing because it's not going to be a normal season
0: Yep, and and so far hazard played played well last last night in his um in his opportunity so I I know we have a couple, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to ask you cuz I know we only have a couple of minutes left before you have to go on air but um you followed the team in preseason you went to Los Angeles you went to San Francisco you went to Las Vegas what was your favorite part of preseason? It can be anything it can be the food it can be the atmosphere of being <laughs> with, with the team it can be anything.
2: I, the first, the first. The first thing I have to say, is I, I love uh, United States. Then uh, it, ha- it has been for me uh, a very, very special occasion and the opportunity to be there. I enjoy every minute uh, I've been there. It was my first time in Los Angeles because I've been in the East Coast, but never in the Western Coast. Then it was uh, my first time in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, and in San Francisco, and there were three very different places, but very nice places. Then I, I for sure, I'm going to be back uh, uh, for tourism or for whatever. I, I hope to for work. And um, my fair, my mm, uh, best moment mm-hmm. uh, for me it's been a pleasure to be in Ucla in you. C-L-A UCLA because in Spain yeah. we say UCLA, but yeah, yeah. UCLA because yeah. uh, you know everybody everybody talks about uh, UCLA and I never been and it's amazing it's an amazing university uh, for me it's been amazing uh, to have the possibility to watch every training uh, season because I learn a lot uh, watching how um uh, is going because when you watch every training session, you understand uh, why this team is playing like it's playing. Then, uh, for me, it's very useful and I enjoy a lot. I, I, I couldn't. I could see how um, they they work, the hard they work, uh, and it was amazing. And of course, uh, to be. Uh, in in Las Vegas, in this amazing stadium. When I was there, I was thinking, and I told to Florentino Pérez, I've been here and I am thinking about how it's going to be the new Estadio Santiago Bernabéu. Because I think it's going to be similar, um, not even uh, for the stadium, but because all around the stadium, I think it's going to be uh, amazing as the stadium i i seen there and it was amazing for me too, to be in the rose bowl because it's a a mythic uh mythic uh, a stadium then i i don't know kaya everything was very nice for me and i enjoy every i said before but i can say every second of my uh time in usa i
0: i think i think you i could tell that you were having a lot of fun just by speaking to you and I think everyone had fun. It was just a great place. I mean, you saying all those things that brought back memories for me too. Like are we it's very interesting actually because the Las Vegas stadium, Allegiant Stadium, it's a very beautiful stadium. Yeah. Uh it can be similar to what the new Burnabout will be because it's going to be events constantly. It's going to be a tourist destination. It's going to be a, set, a center for the entire city. Um do you think they're, they're going to go back to Vegas every year because it, it it's a huge opportunity financially <laughs> and for us to go have fun.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I really don't know. I think um, um, Real Madrid is going to, to uh, USA because they love to be there in Los Angeles. Uh, and in Las Vegas and if there is the possibility to play again in this beautiful stadium Real Madrid is going to be uh, to play you know because they want to uh, to um, uh, approach the Spanish football or this kind of uh, matches against uh, Barcelona against Juventus against other big teams to the American people because they know that there is a lot of uh, fans over there then I think, I don't know if, La- in, if exactly in Las Vegas, but I am sure that Real Madrid is going to be back in uh, USA uh, very soon. Excuse me, one second. Beautiful,
0: no. Arancha yeah. has I- to go. It's <laughs> not
2: here.
0: It's I, yeah, I'm here, I'm no, 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 I abused your time. time I
2: talked to
0: you. Thank you so much, Arancha. Thank you. You're <laughs> no, the best.
2: No, but, uh, but. Uh, I promise to you, uh, we have another half an hour uh, for for another day, then uh, we arrange and um, like this, I can uh, practice my English with you. And uh, I am sure that in the future, people is going to understand me better. Okay.
0: Thank you you so much, Arantxa. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. All right, welcome to part two of the Managing Madrid podcast. Lucas Navarrete is here for the weekly bonus segment, which was generally, it generally goes up on Monday, but we pushed it this week to Wednesday due to um, some barriers on Monday. But we're here, and now it's just after 6.30 p.m. Madrid time, so we have updates on Benzema, so we're going to share that as well. So, first of all, Lucas, welcome to the
1: show. How are you? Again, I'm doing fine. I was watching Slovenia uh, playing against France in the basketball, Eurobasket. It was... Quite an entertaining game, what an entertaining face half with, I think, 29 points from Doncic over those 20 minutes.
0: 29 points at Doncic at halftime, basically just a regular European halftime 20,
1: 20, just 20 minutes, not 24.
0: Oh, <laughs> even more even impressive, more, even more impressive. And it's he's playing against NBA players as well. So, before anyone yeah, comes yeah. in and says, Yeah, um, just routine stuff still from him. It's like basically Cruz hitting 17 of 17 long balls yesterday. He just wakes up and yeah. does that, no problem. Um, so. Latest Benzema update, Lucas. Can you hit us with that?
1: Yeah, the, he basically the club confirmed uh, afternoon here in Spain, early after, early afternoon here in Spain that Benzema suffers uh, uh, an injury on the on the hamstring on uh, one of the muscles around the hamstring area and a mild muscle strain in the in the quadriceps muscle in the th- in the thigh. So he will be out around. Two weeks is the most uh, likely uh, scenario in this case, meaning that he will almost certainly miss the the upcoming Madrid derby against Atletico Madrid. That will be the the biggest game he will miss uh, during this injury. It sucks.
0: Um, I don't even... I feel weird saying I'm thankful, but I'm thankful it's only that much. It's only that bad. Yeah. And it's nothing more serious. There's never a silver lining with Benzema getting injured. If there is one, it's this. Yeah. If Hazard is going to be reliable. He needs a stretch of two weeks to get into rhythm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree. Which is which is basically why I think Ancelotti, you and I basically talked a few details on this uh, earlier. I think this is the main reason why Ancelotti ultimately decided to to deploy Hazard last night and not Rodrigo, even though Rodrigo was probably making more sense in, in that particular game and even more so going forward. You know, I think Rodrigo is probably a better replacement on very false nine than Hazard is. But Ancelotti realized that he's going to need uh, Hazard sooner or later, even when, when Benzema is out, basically. Just in case, you know, sometimes we will need to go with a 4-3 formation and take Palverde out of that right wing spot and Rodrigo will be needed there. And then that means that if Benzema is out, uh, Hazard will be needed. And you cannot ruin Hazard's confidence uh, uh, this early in the season. If you put Rodrigo there last night, you gave, uh, you took a gamble on him by, by giving him those minutes. He delivered and hopefully... This boost of confidence helps him going forward because he's going to get the chance he he so needed and to to, to show that he was that he was uh, ready to to be a better version of him rodrigo is going to play regardless as well like he can play anywhere
0: in the front three he's going to play so um this gets hazard going it's great i mean for him it just he just needs to sustain it great performance yesterday. I don't blame people for being still skeptical about the whole thing because we've been, listen. If you're on one side of like, if you're you're skeptical or you're on the other side where you truly believe in him, I think it's more probably logical, as great as it is that you believe in him, I think it's more logical to lean on the side of like skepticism because we've been through what, how many years now? Three years of this, right? So... It's just been relapsed with injuries. It's it's uh, and, it, and when he does play, he he struggles a little bit. So what you, he just needs to sustain this. That's all we ask for. We need can you get can you sustain this for two weeks? That's the challenge right now. Can you sustain it for two weeks? Um, so let's see let's see what happens. What stood out to you about yesterday's game? What's the El día después takeaway? That's it could be still related to the injury or
1: it could be something else. Cross was obviously the main uh, talking point. I. I thought it was a complete masterclass from him. I, 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 and I thought, by the way, that Celtic were better than I expected. And uh, if they were to to play the way they did last night for the whole group stage, I think they are. Quite potentially, the, the the favorites to be in the to to advance to the to the knockout stages as a second of the group. Obviously, if Madrid take care of business their their own way, I thought Celtic were very impressive in the first half, and and Real Madrid were lucky not to concede a, a, an early goal, which would have made things quite more difficult for them. Uh, I think that those two aspects were the things that stood out a little bit more for for, for me, other than again hazard being the, one, the the chosen one and not rodrigo to replace benzema but i thought it made a lot of sense for from ancelotti to to do that in order not to bring hazards confidence so early in the season i definitely
0: was but, ignorant to celtic being this good i basically just going okay. based on their results in the scottish premier league which was phenomenal they basically are destroying everybody um but I, I think it was Ewan who had a tweet yesterday They were like, Oh, everyone in Spain just realized at halftime how good Celtic actually are. And, they were, all, and we're all surprised about it. Uh, and, and I think some people weren't. Like some people who kind of knew knew. But even those who knew maybe necessarily didn't know how that would translate to a team against like Real Madrid at that level. And they played awesome. But the the problem with them was they couldn't sustain the energy. They didn't capitalize. We had heroic defensive moments. And we were just so calm after that. We rode the wave. And then we just have so much depth. And when a team presses us for that long, as we saw in the Champions League last season, and we bring in our subs, we just can control and drain them. And they just are helpless at that point. By the time it was 3-0 like, at that point, I, I don't even know Celtic yeah. were really helpless. So, um, And also, this group is kind of out of whack now. Because to me, I, I would have said Le- Leipzig are the second best team in the group. They got waxed last night. Tedesco got fired this morning, I think it was. It was the last night, this morning, whatever yep. it was. And so let's see how they respond with whoever the new manager is. But yeah, based on last night, I would say Celtic have a pretty good shot of qualifying from this group.
1: If they play this way, definitely for sure. I thought. I thought, by the way, another important aspect and one thing that I didn't like this much about as much, as much about this game was uh, how many minutes Cross and, and Modric play uh, late in the second half. I thought Ancelotti could have taken him uh, take him out a little bit early. It's true that he so far right now he's rotating a lot in La Liga, giving minutes here and there to to Camavinga, to Ceballos. To Valverde also in the midfield in order to take the load of of Modric and and Cruz's backs a little bit. But I thought last night the game was probably decided when Real Madrid were already uh, two two nil up. And I thought maybe Ancelotti could have probably take them out a little bit earlier in my opinion, especially considering how how good uh, of a work rate the Bayern has been has been showing so far in the season. I thought that it would have been useful and that way and probably Modric and Cruz could have rested a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely always surprised when there are blowout games and players who clearly could use as much rest as possible and no longer are needed at that game at that juncture and you have good depth in those positions. I'm always definitely a little bit surprised as to what the like why not just take them out. Like, What's the rationale in leaving them in? We, we saw this so much with Benzema and Modric in the past specifically, I think. But... Um, I also think that some of the stuff is probably predetermined. Like, you know, Modric and Kroos going to play this many minutes in this game, and they're going to get rested in, in this game and that game. I, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I think
1: there's some of that involved as well. Um, On the other hand, Chouameni, who was the one who hasn't been rotating at all this season, was did, got, did get some, yeah. some rest
0: late in the game. Point. So,
1: yeah. It seems to me that Ancelotti is taking extra care with his rotation early in the season, and it, it, this is something good to see for sure. How do you see
0: the starting lineup this weekend with Benzema out? Do you ride the Hazard wave again?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so, and I think Valverde will, will probably play in the midfield, which will allow and should allow the team to play with the four-three-three again. Considering that the opponent is Mallorca, the Bernabeu, you know, Real Madrid should take care of things fairly easy, in my opinion. So again, I I would expect Hazard, Rodrigo, and Vinicius to play uh, in the in the offensive line from the from the get go. I don't think Valverde will be needed on the right wing, and I think his presence would allow Ancelotti to give some rest to the veterans in the midfield. Uh, at the same time, so I think you need to, to keep giving Hazard the minutes and the confidence after after this solid performance against Celtic. And also at the same time, keep trying to increase Rodrigo's own confidence on the on the right wing. So I think it would make a lot of sense to start all three of, of them on, uh, against Mallorca. I, I also did want to
0: say something about the lineups and rotations. And I'm, I'm very cautious when I say this stuff, but I just want to, to point out that we've observed in Real Madrid history, any time a star player is out, not every time, but often, uh, a star player is injured or out, sometimes we're just kind of surprised with the people who have to take their place. And again, I don't know if Hazard is going to surprise us more than he did yesterday. I hope he does. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Uh, I like to think that his confidence is in a much better place now than it was after that penalty miss.
1: Um, Hopefully, but- and 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 the early miss. Sorry to interrupt. The the early miss in yesterday's game was pretty terrible too. So luckily, he, he got rid of the of that monkey of on his back because that miss early in the game. Even though most fans probably thought that it was an offside call, the referee didn't actually call offside. So that was that miss early in the game was should have been probably ter- pretty terrible to his confidence. So luckily, he got that monkey off his back. And and also Lucas.
0: For the past three years <laughs> since yeah, 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 sure. since the p since the injury against psg in 2019 i think it was it you know i think a lot of i i a lot of people yesterday got upset because i called hazard out of form when he entered the field yesterday it's like he's not out of form he hasn't played like no he's literally not in form that's what it means to be out of form he's not in form whether he's played or not in the sporadic minutes he has played he has not played well so he's by definition, out of form. I want him to be in form, by the way. Um, but we saw recently, for example, when Ramos and Militao, our Ramos and Varane did not play for a large stretch of the games in the most important time of the season, we saw what we had with Militao and Nacho. And I, I hope that that's the case. We see something now that we're surprised with. And if it's Hazard, great, because he's not going anywhere and no one's going to pay his salary, so you're going to have him in the squad. If he becomes useful, changes things. Changes things completely. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I was not very pleased. Just a quick note about the out of form thing. I completely agree with you. And people often uh, uh, get mixed up the, 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 the term out of form and, and think that is uh, the same thing as being out of shape. Mm -hmm. You're not saying that Hazard, I'm not saying at least, I don't think Hazard is out of physical shape. I think he's in a much better physical shape than he was was in for the last two seasons or so, where you can visibly see that he was out of shape and and fatigued and tired after a few minutes and all that. I thought he, from a physical standpoint, he looked fine to me, but definitely he's out of form in terms of... eh, um, just uh, losing a bit of his touch, you know, and a bit of his technique, and a bit of his confidence, obviously. So I completely agree with you, but just a clarification that maybe out of out of form, at least in in Spanish, in uh, out of form that does actually mean uh out of shape you know it's, uh, okay. it's the It's the same thing in spanish so maybe the the, the for for some other uh uh languages is, is is a similar thing but it's definitely not hopefully this clears uh, this up and by uh, 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 another quick note about the game i was not very 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 pl- uh, pleased about um, to role uh, when uh, when Benzema oh. ben- was out you know hmm. him going forward when when Hazard dropped back and played more of a, of, of a false nine. To me, I don't, I don't think it was ideal to, to play Chouamé in that kind of role, trying to have a more physical presence, maybe in the box or whatever, similar to what Zidane used to do with, with Casemiro during uh, during those years. I was not a, a big fan of that particular role with with I, I like him a little bit uh, deeper, not meaning that he shouldn't try to influence and make an impact a little bit forward, but not that much, in my opinion. I think that. Hazard would probably be make more sense to play in in that particular spot rather than being so deep trying to to play make some. So,
0: uh, yeah, I thought I thought Chu Meni got better as the game wore on, but there was literally a stretch yeah. at to end the first half where Hazard dropped into a double pivot with Modric and Chu Meni was up the field yeah, like yeah. playing as a ten. Um, listen, but he can't. That was I'm, an
1: instruction, by the way.
0: For yeah, sure I'm it's not by design. No, no, it's by Chua design.
1: Exactly. Right. It's not it's not on Chuameni's hands, it's not something that we should expect Chuameni to do different. It's clear that Ancelotti told him to to do uh, to and to drift forward when when Benzema get out. So I'm not blaming Chuameni. I'm just saying that I'm not a fan of that particular role. Well, he created a goal from that
0: situation, similar situation against Celta? Uh, I think it was Celta.
1: Fel- yeah, Celta, I think or Espanol, I don't know, yeah.
0: I like the amount of times I mix up our games on last night's podcast because I'm already, I'm already losing my mind and confused about what. Just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait till like Christmas time. I won't know what's what day it is. Like, um, yeah. So schedule is about to get crazy, man. Do you want any any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? We're gonna be back tomorrow anyway. So like it's like basically we're gonna go to bed and wake up and do a podcast again. Like we haven't left it so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. But just uh, the schedule is going to get frantic and hopefully Real Madrid keep avoiding serious injuries, realizing that Benzema will miss a few games here and there. But we're talking about missing... Um, about about avoiding injuries that keep that keep players out for I don't know one two two months. That, those are the ones you you want to avoid for the next few weeks. Hopefully Militao's uh, Militao's own injury report comes pretty clear. Also, although it's clear that Real Madrid are also in a much better position uh, on the defensive line thanks to to the Rúdolfo So Yeah, the fingers crossed that we're going to keep avoiding those big ones. Yeah. So
0: Lucas and I will be back tomorrow to go through a regular mailbag. Every week we go through the mailbag, which means Real Madrid fans submit a ton of questions. We go through when we answer them. And that's exclusively over on Patreon.com slash Managing Madrid every Thursday. So if you want to submit your questions, but also access the podcast, Patreon.com slash Managing Madrid. You also get access to our entire back catalog, all of our previous mail bikes plus last night's uh, post-game podcast, which was on Zoom. You get access to all that. So, see you there. Lucas, thank you. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Kian. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.